You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everybody? How are you doing? This is Ben. I'm with Travis. I have like a hangover from our crossing of the Canadian-U.S. border. It was a nightmare, man. The border, obviously. What's up, everyone? How you doing? Um, we're on tour here, so we were in Vancouver, which was a lot of fun. It's, a, it's more beautiful. The second time was more beautiful than the first because the first time we hung out on East Hastings Street mostly, and that was full of a lot of people almost falling down but not falling down because their veins were full of heroin, which is technically one of the best uh, drugs to use when needing to balance because there were some people that looked like they were just going to fall on their forehead, Mm -hmm. but somehow they never went down like a weeble wobble. Yeah, but we we waited for four hours in a rental car at the U.S. Canada border. Oh, that was glorious. We, we, there's all this buildup and then we get to the actual customs agent and she's like, what are you guys here for? And Henry mm-hmm. says, oh, we're, we're comedians. We're comedians. And then yeah. she says, oh, you know, I, I just saw Ryan Stiles. Ryan Stiles from Whose Line Is It Anyway? So literally we pull up. So this is four hours on the Canadian border. And we didn't know it was going to take that long. A lot of folks getting out of their cars, looking, uh, you know, I don't even know what they were trying to figure out. I always just say, get it, stay in the car. That's congregating, what, just just making yeah, friends. Making friends. I mean, it's Canada. So uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people looking for friendship yes. out there. So we waited four hours in this line. Then we pull up to the lady. Yeah, she's like, what do y'all do? We're like, we're entertainers. And then she's like, y'all got any, um, so do you guys have any uh, alcohol or any marijuana in the car? And we're like, no. And then she's like, okay, you're free to go. And I was like, we waited four hours for that. At least I wanted an anal cavity search. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted her to, to treat us like domestic terrorists. I wanted her to point a desert eagle in my face at yeah. that point. Because I was like, there, there has to be something at the end of this four, After hour four hours of waiting? trudging yes. log. Absolutely. Not to mention, when you're coming from Canada into America... What could you possibly have in your car that is more dangerous than anything you can buy at a convenience store in this country? They don't have guns over there or not nearly as many as we do. They don't. I mean, we have everything like the, the American side going into Canada. I understand that Border Patrol being a little bit more strict to be like, oh, you're taking in an AR-15 
15, are you? Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, sorry. We're going to have to take that AR away from you. Oh, you, but, you can't bring platypus jerky into the States. You can't do it. But when you're coming from Canada to America, what could we possibly have? That is more dangerous than what we freely have here in this country. It's not possible. Anyway, Canada was interesting. They do apologize a lot. Uh, when we first got there, we yes. were talking to Travis. Marcus and I were like, Travis, this is your first time in Canada. You're going to, and we love Canada, of course. And thanks everyone to, uh, who came out to the show in Vancouver. It was a hoot. But they apologize for everything. And the thing is, they don't mean it. When they say, it's I'm not sorry, very sincere. it is not sincere. It's actually passive aggressive. And when they say sorry, they really mean fuck you. And it is aggravating. But we were in a, a cab going to the hotel and yep. we saw a bus and on the bus it said not in service, followed by sorry. Sorry. So the bussies even apologize in Canada, which, you know, I think is nice. I think, I think it's nice. Although if it was really sorry, it would just be in service. Anyway, we are starting this show off this week like angry uncles. I'm tired. A angry uncle, angry, tired uncles. Uh, but no, we have had a wonderful tour so far. Again, we were just in Vancouver. We had a great show there and we had a great time in Seattle. Um, just so much fun at the Moore Theater. Thanks, everyone, who came out to the show in Seattle. Absolutely wonderful. And for the folks who came out in Vancouver, thank you so much. And now we are in beautiful Portland, Oregon. And I got to say, this city, we were driving into Portland, and me and the boys uh, were like, we have to figure out a way to move out here at yes. some point. Live in the woods. Yes. I want to live in the woods. I kind of want to live like a madman. I want to hang out with Puffin. I want to go check out bear tracks, you know, but... Uh, I want to check out that egg festival. There was an egg festival going on in a nearby town. That would be really fun. So we absolutely love the Pacific Northwest. And it is wonderful, wonderful to be here. All right. Well, we have got some stories as always. I want to talk a little bit about uh, there is someone he died. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Now, what's the name of this guy that passed away? So was this he, is, a, uh, he this is Thomas Hoffler? Thomas Hoffler. Now, Thomas Hoffler was a Republican, and he worked significantly on uh, legislation for gerrymandering. Yeah, he's and a Republican strategist. He's a Republican strategist. So we're going to talk a little bit about what his daughter found in his archives after he passed away. And uh, it's interesting when you realize how, and I think we already all know this, and certainly listeners of this show know this, gerrymandering has been nefarious since the word go. Yes. I mean, politicians have been using this as a way to fracture the population in, in order to ensure elections ever since Jerry did it, Governor Jerry did it in Massachusetts many, many, many years ago. So it's nothing new. A silent but deadly problem. Absolutely. It's the, uh, yes, absolutely silent but deadly problem. And um, we know that it's nefarious, but there's, it's interesting to just see it on the page. Yeah. And we have to remember that these people are, actively purposely manipulating our democratic process we talk about the russians all the time man the russians haven't done jack shit compared to what the republican party specifically the republican party simply because they're better at it the democrats have tried as well but the republicans are simply better at it 
they have undermined our democratic process more than the Russians could ever freaking dream about. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Travis has some info there for you. Also, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about Donald Trump's approval ratings. You would think, well, what are the numbers? How's he doing? Well, after the, uh, I'm going to say, after the rollout of the Mueller report, mm-hmm. one could make a strong case that it they got the they got the first word. Bob Barr got the first word on Mueller. Yes, and in politics. Just because people don't like to pay attention to them, they have lives to live and they want to watch their sporting events and go have a couple of beers or go to a, whatever they're doing, a, you know, a NASCAR race or something, whatever the hell they're doing with their life. Um, soapbox they heard, Derby. Soapbox Derby. I don't know why these are the, th- <laughs> the three the things. Real America. Real Americans. I don't freaking know <laughs> what people festivals, do. festivals, Soapbox Egg, Derby. Yeah, that's it. Whatever the hell you want to do, you don't really have a lot of time to figure out who's right, who's wrong, and the he said, he said of the Mueller report. So Bob Barr got a leg up by controlling the narrative right out of the gates. And uh, Robert Mueller now, he came out and he had a press conference. And again, it is is a vanilla uh, explanation by Mueller that makes people say, uh, well, on the right, they say, well, no collusion, no obstruction, nothing happened, look at this. And obviously on the left, they're like, well, if, if there was no crime committed, Mueller said they would have said that. And it's like, great. Awesome on both sides. Thank you so much, Robert Mueller, for wasting the Americans' people, wasting our time for two freaking years because it also took him a month to come out and speak. And I'm like, go under Robert Mueller needs to go under oath and actually answer fucking questions because honestly, the American people deserve it. So that is, in my personal opinion, extremely aggravating and has been a benefit. The Mueller investigation, one of the ultimate ironies of the past two years. Obviously, Trump's approval ratings were in the gutters for a long time. Still not extremely high, but we're going to get into this. Everyone's like speculating Mueller is coming. Mueller is coming. Hipsters wearing the German Inquisitor's face on their goddamn T-shirts. Mueller is coming. Oh, it's all going to be over soon. Mueller came, and it was like the old, old man ejaculate. You know, it was just like, was that it, Mr. Mueller? Yes. I have, I, I have, I am done now. It is dust. It was dust in the freaking wind because, again, because William Barr was able to control the narrative right out of the gates and because Mueller didn't just come out and say that, yes, Donald Trump ex- obstructed justice, which is now the, the main point of the conversation. The Russia investigation is now sort of on the back burner of the conversation. This stuff is minutia that, quite frankly, at the end of the day, the American people truly don't care about. And I, I, I think one of Mueller's issues is that he overestimated people's ability to appreciate nuance. Absolutely. We have no nuance in this country country whatsoever yeah like talk to me like i am a college dropout yes who, whose brain has been deteriorated by mountain dew right and video games that's 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 who you're talking to to right. a lot of people uh so don't try don't try to like don't do the uh when they go low we go high stuff like, who cares literally tell us what is happening and don't overestimate our intelligence and of course kicking the can down to congress in this case the House of Representatives, which obviously the Dems have the majority in, they're getting motivated for impeachment talks. And again, the overall polls show that the American people are like, hey, 
I mean, don't even freaking bother because there's no way in hell the Senate is following up yeah. with the impeachment procedure. So what are we doing exactly? The Democratic Party as a base around 70 percent say, yeah, go for it. So I understand. Throw a little red meat towards the base. Uh, will it hurt the Democratic Party? Uh, that is up for debate because historically people rally around the person they like who is in peril. Yeah. And so even if folks are annoyed with Donald Trump, they'll say, well, now at least he has another enemy to fight. And Donald Trump, that's why he's actively pushing for impeachment in his own way. It's real interesting. He, because yeah, he, he thinks need, it'll it'll work. For yeah, him. he thinks it'll work. And historically, it certainly can. I mean, look no further than Mr. Bill Clinton. So that's the Democrats issue right now that they're going with. But at the end of the day, we got an election coming up in the in the near future, and I would argue, let's focus on that. So a couple of factors going into Trump's recent approval rating, so I want to get into that. Also, DHS, the watchdog group, a watchdog group has confirmed that this is a watch this is a government watchdog group. They report that the Texas border facility was so overcrowded that detainees stood on toilets to gain breathing space. Okay, this is, I know it's talked about. I know we discussed the border, but I want to hammer this home a little bit um, because we got to remember what the hell is going on on our southern border. It is absolutely disgusting. So we're going to talk about that, give a couple of new details from this government watchdog group. Also, Kim Jong-un, he has executed a couple of officials who he thought failed at Donald Trump and he's meet and his meeting at the Hanoi summit. Um, so evidently, Kim Jong-un was not happy with a series of folks. And now those people are dead or even worse in a labor camp. Um, you know what? I, I would just say kill me. As oh, opposed yeah. to like, oh, the rest of your life, you're just going to be doing hard labor and eating bugs. I'd be like, you know what? Put 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 a full, put an, a, a, a ICBM yeah. right into They're my forehead. They're certainly not glamping at that, uh, that no, labor camp. I do. We're trying to get, um, for Marcus's bachelor party, he's getting married, of course, to Carolina. You all know that. Check out her shows, Movie Signs with the Mad. Also, Marcus has a music podcast coming out with Carolina Hidalgo that is going to be very, very, very fun. So don't forget that. And my wrestling podcast is coming out soon, Which too. Which is kind of fun. It is kind of fun. It is called kind of fun. So we'll talk about that. Kim Jong-un, man, the person that Donald Trump praises on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, Donald Trump went as far as saying that Kim Jong-un would be a better president of the United States than Joe Biden. And the evangelical Christian community said, I think we agree, Mr. Trump. We agree. And then it's like, hey, evangelicals, do you know that in North Korea, if you're a Christian, you get killed? Mm -hmm. Mr. Trump, we agree, Mr. Trump. I hate the hypocrisy of the religious right with all of my beautiful, red, enlarged heart. But first, the first big story I want to get to today, a story that I literally, I know I say this almost every week, but literally I heard this story absolutely nowhere on radio, television news, and online. I found this because I look at my tech. I look at tech uh, articles sometimes for politics because they're really interesting. So 
in these United States, we've been talking extensively on this show about the Chinese social credit system, the use of facial recognition, how it's tracking people from birth to death. No one has freedom. They live in, for all intents and purposes, slavery. Well, my friends, that tactic is making its way to the United States like never before, and it's affecting our children. The first public schools in the U.S. will start using facial recognition next week. This is disgusting. Next week, a school district in western New York will become the first in the United States to pilot a facial recognition system on its students and faculty. On Monday, June 3rd, the Lockport City School District will light up its Aegis system, its A-E-G-I-S system, as part of a pilot project that will make it broadly operational by September 1st, 2019. The district has eight schools. So this is Superintendent Michelle Bradley. She announced this move, and this is what she had to say. Bradley described the test as, quote, initial implementation phase meant to troubleshoot the system, train district officials on its use, and discuss proper procedures with local law enforcement. This is absolutely and utterly disgusting. Uh, Representative uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez expressed concern that facial recognition could be used as a form of social control. Yeah, do you think? I think that you are right on that, AOC. So why are they doing this? Evidently, this is under the guise of school safety, obviously. So you have students now you know, after Parkland, after, you know, Columbine, obviously, and the, the countless other school shootings, uh, you know, even the ones we don't hear about, the ones that don't make the news because not enough people died for television news to cover it. By the way, everyone in Virginia Beach, uh, heart goes out. And again, we need a culture shift in this freaking country because people are uh, losing their damn minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's my understanding that that guy was a civil servant. And uh, I guess he absolutely freaking snapped but i don't really know the details uh in that because if we spent this show just covering mass shootings we would just we would have to change the name of the show to like it happened again yeah and that we could talk about it for three hours every single week ad nauseum because it's an epidemic in this country so you have children who were worried about going to school and getting shot up and dying so the solutions were arming teachers bulletproof backpacks um, clear backpacks. That'll do it. That'll do it. Yes. The uh, the solutions have been nothing but stripping away students' rights. So now we have the situation where under the guise of school safety, these kids are going to be monitored 24-7. It's just like so, getting a, a, a yearbook photo every single day of the year. Every single second. Yeah. It's, it's always photo day. I think the only good that c- could come out of this system is if the facial recognition software could tell you if you're a goth or a nerd or Ooh, a jock. Because yeah. I, had a lot of, I had a lot of problems with identity in high of school. Of course. So maybe they could sort of just help me learn that I am a, uh, a social outcast and, mm-hmm. and Tur- I should just stick to my to my status. Turns out, Mr. Kissel, you identify as being too big to be a theater nerd. Yeah. Ah, dang it. Um, so what will this system track? 
It will track individuals who are level two or three sex offenders. Okay, that's they shouldn't really be at schools, so okay. I suppose. Students, it will also track students who have been suspended from school. So that's good when you just increase the stigma on someone who maybe made a mistake or someone like myself. I had many suspensions from school because, quite frankly, school sucks, and I agree with every single complaint that I had. Um, so they're going to, you know, just... We talk about the pipeline to prison going through public school systems. Yeah. Well, here it is. Perfect. Right in front of our freaking eyes. Just send them right to prison because they were suspended from school and they came back to the school. God forbid they actually wanted to sit in class and learn something. They will also be tracking staff who have been suspended and or are on administrative leave. They will also track any persons that may have been notified that they may not be present on district property. And they will track anyone prohibited from entry to district property by court order or anyone believed to pose a threat based on credible information presented to the district. In other words, they're tracking fucking everybody because that last one is what we call a catch-all. We just need credible information that Travis Morningstar, he he woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. He was listening to nothing but Oh, the he was listening to nothing but uh, Morrissey this morning. Yeah. He's depressed. I think he might do something violent. We better track that face. And you know for a fact, these cameras, they are tracking everybody. They're not just turned on when they see the freaking face of a sexual predator. Yeah. They're they're tracking all of these kids. They're also they can see through my clothes and can see my penis. That's that's for the principal. That's yeah, that's in, that's that's for the uh, the closed uh, television in the principal's office. Yeah. Yes, that's for the CTV. CCTV. That's for the CCTV uh, television that's in the principal's how about, office. How about a uh, a remake of High School Musical shot entirely on CCTV cameras? Oh, that's gonna be Wouldn't so be much fun. Cute. So who is gonna fund this damn thing? It's going to be funded through the New York Smart Schools Bond Act, an act meant to help state schools augment their new instructional tech. Put a bullet in my head. Instead of buying laptops and iPads, this school submitted a proposal for a high-tech security system, and you know how much this security system is going to cost? Because why wouldn't we? waste money on a security system when we have such great classrooms. We have so many teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like classroom sizes are too big or anything. It's not like literally lead is killing the children in New York State public schools. Don't have clean drinking water. Hey, lunch, it's almost like you're in prison already again. It's horrible. But uh, you know what? They found some room in the budget. You know, they don't need textbooks. They don't need laptops. They don't need anything that could actually inform uh, children. They don't need chalk for teachers. They can buy that on their own. Then, And teachers, they can also buy children pens. And God forbid a uh, teacher buys a child a lunch. They'll get fired. This is going to cost $4.2 million. And it was given towards adding dozens of surveillance cameras. So $4.2 million bucks just down the drain. It, if we were honestly, if we were number one in education in the world, mm-hmm. if we were number one in math, top five, I'll give us top five, even top five in math, top five in science, top five in uh, whatever, freaking geography. I don't freaking know. I would say, OK, we've 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 handled the big issues. 
maybe we can consider something about safety. Obviously, I would always be against this. But um, we we suck yeah. when it comes to education in this country. We're doing horrible. Maybe focus on that first. Maybe focus on the job of what an actual school is as opposed to just making it a mini police state. Yeah. The, I th- even before all the, the sort of explosion of school shootings i think Ugh. people are scared of teenagers also of course I, I think, as you should be i was I, I walked by a group of teenagers the other day i'm six foot i'm six foot seven 335 pounds and i'm like i really hope they don't make fun of my oh, height God, yeah. because it's the worst that is my if it's not worst. physical beating up it is just the they they find it they know teenagers have this ability to know like what would he be sensitive about? Oh, he has knocked knees. I'm going to make fun of his knock knees I, without a doubt. I was on a date like a couple years ago and I got mugged With by- With a teenager? No. No, oh, okay. I got mugged by a group of teenagers. A oh, bunch of yeah. bat-wielding teenagers on bikes. And uh, I remember it in the moment. They took they took my shit, and I was like, "All right, that's all. That's all done." I was so relieved that they didn't roast me, though. I'm so relieved that they did not make fun of me uh, as they were mugging me, and I was just relieved they took my stuff and left and didn't call me uh, Dexter from Dexter's Lab. Nice. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? You know, Marcus has a tough time getting to the studio from his apartment. It's a real headache. First, he's got to walk to the subway station. Then he's got to wait and wait and wait. And then he has to cram himself onto a packed train only to have it get stuck underground. He was getting real sick of public transportation until Boosted gave him a lift. Boosted's vehicle-grade electric skateboards and scooters are the modern solution to your transportation woes. With a 22-mile range and max speeds of 24 miles per hour, Boosted is perfect for both running to the store and traveling across town. Designed to provide a luxurious experience, it's no wonder that Boosted was one of Time Magazine's best inventions of 2018. With five options to pick from, including their new scooter, the Boosted Rev, there's a personal electric vehicle that's tailor-made for you. Starting at just $61 a month with financing, there's no better time to change how you move than now. Right now, Boosted is offering my listeners a $75 off the purchase of an electric vehicle when you use the code top hat at checkout go to boostedboards.com and use the code top hat at checkout to get 75 dollars off your vehicle that's boostedboards.com promo code top hat at checkout for 75 dollars off but of course there's a, a huge most likely I would think a majority of residents in Lockport that are upset. One of those residents is a fellow named Jim Schultz. Uh, He has said that it is, quote, a dicey move, which is a funny way of like saying like, oh, it's like a totalitarian 1984 hellscape. It's a dicey move. It's it's chancy. It's chancy. It's like, yeah, it's like, you know, getting chicken, getting, getting. It's uh, like eating a jack in the box. Where we ate today. Yes, and yes. I'm feeling chancy and, and dicey. <laughs> he goes on to say, I think the district is desperate not to begin another school year with their expensive system just sitting there. God forbid they waste this expensive system. However, there is a small amount of hope here, but who knows? This is according to New York State Assembly member Monica Wallace. 
She has introduced a bill that, if passed, would force Lockport to stop the use of facial recognition for a year while the state education department further studied the text. So at best, this legislation passes, Monica Wallace's legislation passes and just delays this disgusting nanny state policy a year by a year. And you know for a fact the big money is coming in, and this thing is going to pass at when some point. When this goes widespread, I am excited to see the kind of like cyberpunk revolution that teenagers are going to sort teenagers of... Teenagers are going to be on going the front lines. They're going to rebel against this in so many cool ways. I can't ways. wait. I love teenagers. I think they're actually doing a hell of a job. I know they are dealing... They're going to get... As we blame the baby boomers, yeah. I think teenagers are blaming... like. The 50-year-old Silicon Valley pieces of shit. Teenagers are going to get QR codes tattooed on their face that send the cameras to, like, Pornhub. It's going to be freaking hilarious. So basically, the New York State Assembly's legislative session is almost done. So this is according to Monica Wallace. She says, we're running out of time for this bill to be passed this session. So if it doesn't pass this session, there's nothing that will stop Lockport from implementing this facial recognition system in the fall that is lockport new york let's get people paying attention to this this must stop now this cannot continue on this is not north korea this is not communist china we are supposed to have freedom and these children should be treated with a little bit of human dignity and not treated as like future criminals which is what this does yeah and that's it's what also like you're you feel like you're supposed to become a criminal at some point it's like i'm already in the system it's disgusting it is absolutely disgusting and honestly my heart breaks uh for the children having to deal with this horseshit let's not get some hearts in the in the chat not in the chat no no you can you can um all right so that's happening in this country under our watch don't forget that Lockport, New York, facial recognition in a gosh darned supposed institution of education. Unbelievable. Well, I mentioned North Korea, so let's do this here. So North Korea's Kim Jong-un has reportedly executed uh, officials after his failed Hanoi summit with the United States. So North Korea has executed its special envoy to the United States. That person's name is Kim Hike Chol. I'm probably mispronouncing that. Most likely I am. They also executed foreign ministry officials, holding them responsible for the collapse of the U.S.-North Korea summit in Hanoi. Kim Yong Chol, a senior official who carried out working-level negotiations for the second U.S.-North Korea summit in in February, is also said to have been subjected to forced labor and ideological education. The North Korean leader is believed to be carrying out a massive purge, and this is not the first. Of course, he killed his uncle. I believe uh, he literally shoots people with missiles. Mm -hmm. He has fun with it. So what was the real reason that Kim Jong-un killed these five people? Well, evidently, Kim Hike Shoal... He was executed in March, 
along with the four other foreign ministers. And the official reason was, quote, he was accused of spying for the United States for poorly reporting on the negotiations without properly grasping U.S. intentions. So he literally was, so he just didn't take notes, right? Yeah. What does it mean? He was accused of spying for the U.S., for poorly reporting the negotiations without properly grasping U.S. intentions. I don't even necessarily fully understand what the crime is. But nonetheless, <laughs> evidently it warrants the gosh darned death penalty. So the February summit in Vietnam's capital, Hanoi, the second between Kim and Trump, failed to reach the deal, as we all know. A spokesperson at South Korea's unification ministry declined to comment. An official at the presidential Blue House in Seoul said it was inappropriate to comment on an unverified report, but the U.S. is attempting to check on the reports of the envoy's execution. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was asked about the quote-unquote shakeup in North Korea. That's what they're calling this, a shakeup in North Korea, which is a hell of a way to say mass execution for no freaking reason. So Mike Pompeo basically just said, uh, we don't know this for sure. We don't know exactly exactly what happened. But a diplomatic source told Reuters there were signs Kim Hike Chol and other officials were punished, but there was no evidence they were executed and they may have been sent to a labor camp for re-education. Kim Yong Chol, Kim Jong-un's right-hand man and the counterpart to Pompeo before the Hanoi summit, had been sent to a labor and re-education camp in a province near the Chinese border, officials who worked with Kim Yong-shol have been out of the public eye since the summit. Uh, a South Korean lawmaker told Reuters in April that Kim Yong-shol had been removed from a key party post. The man is dead. That is what's happened here. They are if if you stop seeing someone in North Korea. It's not because they went on vacation to Uruguay. Yeah. It is because they are either eating bugs and wishing they were dead or they got their wish and they are dead. Those are the only two possibilities. The penalized members of Kim Yong Chol's team included Kim Song Hai, who led the preparations, Sin Hai Yong, a newly elevated interpreter, they said to have been detained in a camp for political prisoners. The diplomatic source said Kim Song-hai's punishment seemed inevitable because, quote, she was a prime author of the North's plan to secure sanctions relief in return for dismantling the Yong Bion main nuclear complex. So this is just, you know, this is one of the reasons that Donald Trump loves Kim Jong-un because much like uh, Donald Trump, Kim Jong-un refuses to take any responsibility for anything that could go wrong in his country. They see a lot. They see a lot in each other. Very similar to Bette Midler in the great film. Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what movie I'm talking about? Big Business. It's called Big Business. They're going to strip mine Jupiter Hala. It's one of the funniest comedies of all time. They play twins. I've never seen it. Separate at birth because you're not a 37-year-old who grew up with two Gailder brothers. This is very specific. Yeah. They're they're twins separated at birth, Lily Tomlin and Bette Midler, but Bette Midler has another twin that looks like Bette Midler. Lily Tomlin has a twin that looks like Lily Tomlin, and then they do a fun little thing in the mirror. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is 
Kim Jong-un and Donald Trump share a lot of similarities when it comes to, I'm going to do air quotes, air quotes, air quotes, leadership yeah. style. Uh, Trump would love for all of his underlings to feel the same kind of pressure that, that these North Korean people do, uh, the, the officials that work under Kim Jong-il. Absolutely. Hong Min, a senior fella at the... A senior technically he's a senior senior fellow but i like the i like senior fella better yeah. at the korea institute for national unification in seoul said quote executing or completely removing people like him would send a very bad signal to the united states because he was the public face of the talks and it could indicate they are negating all they have discussed and of course again that person is kim Hike Chol, and I'm sure I am mispronouncing her name, but anyway, they are dead. They are. If you're if you're sent to a hard labor camp, you are dead. And if we want uh, if we want evidence of that, look no further than Otto Warmbier. All right. So Travis, tell me a little bit about this. What's going on here with this fella who passed away? So he died. Yeah, he was so- in his 70s. He was a GOP strategist, and because of that, we are learning. A little bit about we kind of get the curtain peeled back a little yeah, bit. On exactly, I, which is is yeah. this rare peeling back of the curtain. You have Thomas Hoffler, who's this Republican strategist who is hired by the Washington Free Beacon, which is a Ooh. very conservative publication it's, backed by a uh, Republican uh, billionaire hedge fund manager mm, uh, in New nice. York. Okay, um, so he died last summer, and his daughter Stephanie Hoffler was going through rifling through his computer trying to i'm sure uh scrub yeah. it of any uh, oh yeah you know trying to find trying to just get the the horrible stuff out of the way but yeah. one of the one of the less damning pieces of uh data that was on his computer was a bunch of i think seventy five thousand documents okay uh that basically pointed to this scheme to gerrymander the country into basically uh, Republican control. Okay. And so what what they were doing and what they are doing uh, is they're going to include a question on the census, right? The 2020 census about citizenship, mm-hmm. which was not there before. It wasn't. It was there previously. Then they took it off, and now they want to make the census great again and put it back on. Yeah. Yeah. So, but now of course the citizen question, the citizenship question, is interesting. Uh, in the sense that once you have that kind of information, once you take that information, um, you can now that piece of data is going to be crucial when it comes to how do we gerrymander these districts? Because if you aren't a U.S. citizen necessarily, uh, you're not voting, um, but you're there. And they now have a better understanding of the populations and how to carve it just yeah. so in order to ensure and victory. That's what it'll be used for. Constitutionally, all heads are counted in in the state. Like right. it, do, it doesn't even matter if you're uh, an no. They want to know how many. They people want to know there. who's there. Right. And if you have a citizenship question on there, you're going to scare a lot of people away from filling out the census. Yes, you are. And so that's the point. It's an intimidation tactic to to basically non-whites right. all across the country. And I believe they actually mentioned that. Correct. He says this is going to. Yes, they. It's the thing in these documents. They right. explicitly and it's you. There is so much obfuscation and like filibustering around like Republican strategy. Like there is all this sort of like. Well, and, and actually, Thomas Hoffler and Wilbur Ross, who is he's yeah. working in tandem with uh, Thomas Hoffler, and, and of course they, Wilbur Ross, is who the, is now our Secretary uh, of Commerce. Of Commerce. He. I mean the. 
they set this up and they proposed it to be uh, protecting the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Oh, of course, yeah. So the exact opposite of what that is is what they were actually trying to do. They always do it. But with these documents, yeah, it explicitly outlines like this will consolidate conservative Republican power by eliminating these people, these uh, either, you know, immigrants who are actually now uh, actually citizens or non-citizens. It'll intimidate them to the point where only the white voters will be on the census. Yes. They they can gerrymander correctly. Right. They mention how this is going to they. And really, if you read the uh, read the art, what's the name of the article, Travis? It's in The New York Times, just so folks can find it. It's a really, yeah, really fascinating article called Deceased GOP Strategist Hard Drives Reveal New Details on the Census Citizenship Question. Right. So it's a great thing. And we're just kind of... Talking about the tip of the iceberg here, really fascinating read. And what I what, um, I, what I also we, learned is that this is not—I mean, like the abortion bill stuff, right? This is all like has long been in the making, right? Wilbur Ross has actually been trying to push this to Trump to to make it happen since 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So here we are in 2019. The census is in 2020. Absolutely. And there is a massive redistricting in 2021. And this is something the uh, conservatives have wanted to do for a long, long time. And all of their dreams are coming true under the they are wonderful getting, wig of that getting orange They're their racist ducks in a row, man. It is interesting because they explicitly say that this will harm non-whites, that they literally say the words, and um, it is just absolutely fascinating. So when it comes down to gerrymandering, when it comes down to redistricting, you know what I have always said, break it down. I want it straight up mathematically broken down by, by the population numbers in a grid system that cannot be rigged. Yeah. Just a straight up, I know we know how to do it. It's they do it on football fields. Yeah. Just do that. Make it look like a football field. It should be straight lines, straight lines, not these districts that look like an abstract Banksy no, piece yeah, of art. They look like uh, the silhouettes of Pokemon in the they, Guess a Pokemon section of the episode. They it's really like Psyduck, do. you know, like or Gyarados is what these these districts look like. They really do. And of course, that's why it's called gerrymandering, because Governor Jerry's district that he created to better help him win looked like a salamander. Yes. So they call it gerrymandering. Um, I did like the... Because uh, it was a gerrymander. I did like the detail that, you know, like, why would these... The daughter of this guy, this GOP strategist, uh, is the one who released these documents. It's like, whoa, you really, like, sold him out. Well, and, and it turns out they were very estranged, and she, when she came back to sort of settle his stuff after he died, right. she was like, oh, my father's a complete craven monster. Yeah. Uh, and she that's why she submitted those to, uh, I guess, the Southern District of New York, actually. So check that article out and just, you know, you can read some of the document there, seen behind the curtains there and just seeing this stuff. I know that everyone knows this, but it's just a reminder. These things don't happen on accident. There is a lot of effort put in by a lot of people to do very dangerous anti-democratic things to further fracture literally fracture and divide this country these things are done on purpose and And the good thing is because of that we can also change this stuff on purpose we just have to be motivated as motivated as these hyper intense hyper focused super passionate 
I'm just going to say psychotic in some ways, conservatives. Now, liberals also have hyper-focused people, but it just seems like because of the homogenous nature of conservatives, they are more able to rally around their base, rally around their rally around their ideological beliefs. That is why Donald Trump has been able to take the religious right down a path that, of course, we knew they would go down. But to see it publicly is just, again, a testament to how conservatives have a hyper focus and they do everything until the day they are dead to see it come to fruition. And furthermore, this goes to show you that behind these sweeping pieces of legislation, there's usually a fucking billionaire. Of course. And it's just the whims of a billionaire that say, say like, okay, I want the country to to shift and move in this direction. And then they have people that they spend so much money on. And these people are like assassins and like they fight to their dying breath to get these things to happen. They really really do so we have got to stay vigilant and end gerrymandering and end redistricting why is it so hard to do because every single person in office was elected yeah that's why it's so hard you're gonna show me an elected official that is like what if i made it more difficult for me to get a real to to win re-election that's why we need term limits on congress That's why we need that, because then people wouldn't have the incentive to constantly be campaigning and constantly put their own political careers in front of the best interest of the American people. It's insane that you can live you can live in a small town in Pennsylvania and you your congressman is different from your neighbor's congressman. It's so weird. It's that does not make any sense whatsoever. It totally unless you are on the line. That just happens to be what I used to call the Pizza Hut Bigfoot pizza plan. Just if you, unless you're on the line, yes, it is absolutely insane the way they do it. And you'll see carve outs where you have one neighbor who's in one district, the other neighbor's not in that district, the other neighbor's not in that district, and then three houses down, he's in the same district as the house four houses down. Yeah. It makes no rational sense. And the reason behind it, I was going to say reasonable sense, but it does make reasonable sense. When you're a corrupt politician attempting to stay in office until the day you fucking die. So it's not unreasonable. It's actually hyper reasonable for those people to do these things. So we need to take that and change that. And again, it's extremely difficult because everyone in office that's going to vote on it was elected in the district that was gerrymandered or redistricted. Man, I mean, I got to say, as far as finding stuff on, uh, a GOP strategist hard drive. Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty lukewarm. I mean, oh, like, yeah. I mean the, the kinda... Geek Squad, the Geek Squad from Best Buy <laughs> yeah, sees right. child porn on a daily basis, I think. So God, what what kind of like dark turtle porn could you find on Mitch McConnell's laptop? Well, who yeah. <laughs> I just like the way that they sound when they come. Very they weird. Do, Mitch. They do like a eh. It's like weird. Eh. Yeah. It's very weird. Marcus played a video on the last stream on the left. No, Henry played yeah, the video, Henry, yeah. and that was really strange. Really, yeah, I don't want to hear it. All right, a couple more things here. Uh, Donald Trump's approval ratings. Uh, you know, man. Again, as I was sort of alluding to up top, the way that our media covers American politics is horseshit. They're focusing on the feud between Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump now. Oh my God, what a cool TMZ feud! At least TMZ 
lets us know that they're trash. Yeah. CNN, Fox, and MSNBC still try to pretend like they're news. Yeah. CNN being the worst on that. At least MSNBC and Fox let you know they're biased. CNN still pretends as if they're just the arbiters of truth. And they're just, they're bored. They're wearing a cross. They're carrying the cross for us, Travis. Don Lemon has become he needs to go un- unbearable levels of smug. They're also smug. They and, should, Chris, but- and honestly, Chris Cuomo pretending like he's fighting for the working class. The Cuomo family should all be in prison. Yes. They both, Mario, and Andrew no and uh what's our what's our Cuomo what is his first Andrew it is Andrew Cuomo Andrew Cuomo yeah it's Andrew Cuomo and what's the dude on uh on CNN uh, Chris, Chris Cuomo, Cuomo. Yeah. it's the whole Cuomo clan the fact that we know three Cuomo names we three Cuomos I don't know three of my own family members names three Cuomos Chris Mario his father his brother Andrew they are so corrupt, it is freaking disgusting. And the fact that he talks like he is speaking for the middle class of this country is fucking disgusting. That man knows nothing about the middle class or people who are struggling you in know, this country. Speaking of TMZ, have you seen the TMZ show? You see, you, you sometimes see it at the gym. Yeah, it's trash. Yeah, but the guy, the boss in that office, he's carrying a huge big gulp the entire yeah, time. Yeah, Harvey Levin. That's... You should do that on CNN. So at least I feel like, okay, so we're just... We're nothing, bullshitting no, here, We're right? bullshitting yeah, here, right? Yeah, exactly. So... You got a Baja blast. Be, Go be, ahead. Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. Good for you. Looking for something to give your dad or celebrate your new grad? Get them a one-size-fits-all gift like a new oral health routine with Quip. Their guiding features make sticking to good habits simple. And signing them up for a subscription helps them save and refresh their brush on time. With the Quip electric toothbrush, you can show your thanks where it really counts. The Quip comes with a multi-use cover that works as a stand, mounts to mirrors, and slides over the bristles to pack and protect your Quip on the go. Plus... There are no wires or a clunky charger, and the Quip runs for three months on a single charge. You guys already know how much I love my Quip. My favorite thing about it is their built-in two-minute timer. It pulses every 30 seconds to remind me when to switch sides. After using Quip for a while, I realized I was definitely one of the up to 90% of us who don't brush for a full two minutes and don't clean evenly. Since switching to Quip, I've noticed a real improvement in my oral health. And I'm not the only one who loves Quip. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. That's why I love Quip and why over one million happy, healthy mouths do, too. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash topat right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash top hat. So because of the way people digest politics in this country, and as I mentioned with like the Mueller report and all this stuff and Bob Barr sort of getting the narrative, and again, what it's just human nature. Whoever starts the narrative, that's why they say first impressions. You know, you can't make another first impression. The first impression of the Mueller report was there's nothing there. Or it wasn't there's nothing there. It was... Huh. The first impression was just like, huh, huh, oh. So no definitive oh. thing. Yeah, it was just like, oh, okay, right. so. Great, okay. This is, like, what you, uh, this is what you did for two years? Yeah. 
It was like the recent halftime show um, at the last Super Bowl where it's just like, that is a halftime show. Yep, that, that technically counted as a that halftime is show. Adam Levine with his shirt off. Yeah. Okay, great. Got got it. Check, Thank you. I guess. Check, please. Yeah. That, uh, I guess the third quarter's coming up. So Donald Trump's job approval rating is the highest it's been in two years. And again, I blame the media for this. It's boosted by uh, voter optimism, mo- mostly about the economy. And this is according to a Harvard Caps slash Harris poll. The survey found that 48% approve of the job Donald Trump is doing, 48%, compared to 52% who said they disapprove. That's up from 45% in March. So Trump appears to be getting a lift from the economy with a record 62% approving of his approach to employment and 59% approving of his overall approach to the economy. However, only 39% of voters said that this country was on the right track. 51% said the economy is headed in the right direction. And I still believe Tip O'Neill is correct. It's the economy, stupid. I think that that really does matter. And again, tit-for-tat politics. You want to play tit-for-tat politics. Donald Trump, you can't wrestle a pig in shit because the pig loves to be there. He loves the feuds with Nancy. Yeah. That's why he's like, impeach me, please. Go on, do it. I don't give a shit. Because he sees that as another fight that he, that he can have. He's so lucky. He he inherited a great economy. And then he's Donnie Casino is is squandering it all at the at Blackjack. It, but it doesn't hurt because it's still it's still a positive economy. Well, you know, you know, for the longest time we would joke about how Congress the approval rating is at thirteen percent. And was like, well, what does it really matter? Well, it matters when you have a president who will always have a higher approval rating than that. These these politicians, no one likes them. No. So Donald Trump goes on there, says really stupid stuff, something that every dumb, not even dumb, just ra- like myself included, during tax day, uh, if I had a senator in front of me, I would strangle them. I would scream at them. And Donald Trump gets to do that on the behalf of his base. So that is why... These feuds with the Democratic Party are just naturally going to be in his favor because if it's a competition of like, you know, who's worse, no one likes these politicians. And yeah, and they're Donald Trump Donald is just Trump screaming at them like understands- a baby. Horrible, horrible actions for a president to do. But in the psyche of this country, yeah. when we talk about low approval ratings of Congress, we're seeing how it can be politically beneficial towards a politician, president celebrity president such as donald trump when it comes to him just my strategy will be to make fun of the people that i know for a fact are less popular than me he understands what is it kayfabe kayfabe he, he totally understands professional how- wrestling term for like when you're in character kayfabe it used to be a little bit more believed than it is now but i love good kayfabe yeah he he he, he knows he knows to press those buttons and people love conflict and people they under, love it people understand that better and our than- news media man when it comes to when donald trump said that the news media, MSNBC, CNN, whatever it might be, when they when he said that they wanted him to get reelected, he was not lying. Yeah. CNN loves Donald Trump. I met the freaking main dude behind there, the little bald dude, uh, Zucker. I think his name is. Yeah. They all love him. They all know him, and they know what he's doing for ratings. They love him, and that is the problem with this country. They gave him twenty times more coverage than any other candidate in twenty sixteen. And they are continuing to do that exact thing. And when Don Lemon bitches and whines about Donald Trump or when Anderson Cooper does it, people look at them 
and they say, well, I don't really like you, so I don't. The fact that you, it's it's the politics of this person hates me. It's ironic in politics how oftentimes the hatred of one person can lead a whole bunch of people yes. to like you. Absolutely. And like we were just talking about this, the the 24-hour news cycle on CNN is sort of a bit of a misnomer because it's they- It's not news. Because they play the same 15-minute clips right. of this is Donald Trump's latest tweet. And then right. they shake their head and then they do the same story over and over, over and over with different hosts, all shaking their head and calling him like Cheeto breath and chief or something. He's a, he's got burger breath. That's but you know, for like, sure. What do people understand more? The politics of gerrymandering or Trump saying or Trump calling Buttigieg like butt sludge? Yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. Buttigieg, by the way, is doing a good job, I think, of going back and forth with Donald, which is what the next candidate has to do. And that is why, oh man, that is why I'm a little bit concerned here in a head-to-head competition. Just the way that, just the mood of politics right now, it's going to be a dogfight, but it also is going to require a candidate who can joke around and play playground politics. That's why I was slightly concerned about Elizabeth Warren this week on The Breakfast Club. She went, she went on the Breakfast Club, a, uh, a radio show here out in New York, and uh, Charlemagne the God, and I know Charlemagne the God, I actually wrote on the show that he had on MTV for about four days before they realized that I knew nothing about urban slang Yeah, you're not whatsoever. exactly a, a Charlemagne the God. Uh, I mean, I like him. I Well, that's that's up for debate. He was very nice to me. I will say that. He was very nice when I met him, so that's, uh, that's as far as I'll go with that, but... Yeah, I was like literally they were talking about ratchets and I'm not even lying to you. This is not even a joke. I was like, I thought about a tool. I thought I thought we were talking about a car tool and yeah, then I had to ha- Google. I had to go on Urban Dictionary and be like ratchet and be like, OK. Yeah. So I literally every time I had to write, I was like uh, Urban Dictionary, <laughs> like figuring out all these things. Ben, do you know what uh, like if somebody were, were to say they were getting top, do you know what that means? I would assume you're at a Ponderosa and you're getting some, you know, sugar cylinders to put on top of your salsa. Yeah, you're, you're, you're fired from, yeah, from Jesus and Marrow. <laughs> anyway, Charlemagne the God on the Breakfast Club. Now, of course, the Breakfast Club is where Hillary Clinton went to appeal to black voters. They do such a horrible job of appealing to black voters because they come off as if they're trying to appeal to black voters. Um, Hillary Clinton, for example, decided to bring hot sauce. When she went, which she says she carries in her purse everywhere she goes. And you know what? I have a feeling she doesn't. I don't know, because I've never heard, unless she is homeless, I have never heard of a human being in my life carrying hot sauce wherever they go, because no one does it, right? No. Because are you constantly just like, oh, I better be ready. Better be ready for that hot wing that's coming whenever it could be coming. It is ridiculous. What is that hair grease from uh, Coming to America, Soul Glow? Yeah. Did she like? She should have just worn that in her that, hair. She gone. should have accidentally had Soul Glow fall out of her purse. Right. Just like, oh my god. Sorry. My hair gel? <laughs> so clumsy. I can't believe it. So, I'm so ratchet. I'm so ratchet. And like Hillary, you've always said that word. <laughs> I know, brother. I have always said that word. I'm so ratchet, and then she faints. Yes. Um. Oh, that was sad. Uh. And again, we're not relitigating 2016 here. But Elizabeth Warren. Goes on The Breakfast Club. Now, this is, first of all, she did a great job. It's about a 45-minute interview. She did a good job of laying out policy points. For those that don't know, Charlemagne the God, he's sort of an old-school Howard Stern type in the way that he knows how to make news. 
He knows how yeah. to get his name out there. And how does he do it? He asks or says extremely inflammatory statements that he knows is going to play well on social media. So they're talking about the Native American history, uh, Native American heritage debacle that, again, we talk about self-inflicted wounds for presidential candidates or politicians in general. This is a prime example of what a self-inflicted wound looks like. Yeah. No one asked her to take a DNA test. No one. She didn't have to do it. And she could have actually just kept up the lie. And everyone would be like, I, maybe she is, maybe she's not. I don't know. But now we know. Yeah. So dumb, Elizabeth. And I know you're very smart. And I know you're doing a good job connecting with the grassroots. I love your Instagram. I really do. She wore a headdress to Coachella and took, yeah. and, and and took you know, an who Instagram pic. I yeah. mean, there was a Native American trend in Williamsburg, Brooklyn in like 2010 where everybody dressed like a, you know, like a member of the Lakota tribe. And I actually thought it was quite disrespectful because all of these women were from Connecticut and Minnesota. But anyway, so they're sitting there. They're talking about that. And Charlemagne the God is like kind of grilling her. And then he's like, so you're basically the original Rachel Dolezal. And this caught fire on social media. Now, Elizabeth kind of squirmed a little bit and uh, she repeated sort of a canned answer. She was not, let's just say, thinking on her feet very well. She, she, She seemed to be a little bit. It's a, it's a jarring question or yeah. a, a assessment. It's a jarring statement, you know. Now, she didn't handle it horribly. She didn't handle it perfectly. And it really doesn't even matter how she handled it because the headlines are Charlemagne the God calls Elizabeth Warren the original Rachel Dolezal, giving credence to a lot of conservative websites, Daily Mail, you know, Drudge, uh, which is just an aggregator, Breitbart, which creates its own content. It gave credence to all of these conservative news, quote-unquote, news outlets to say, look, a black guy agrees with us on how embarrassing this is that she made up being a Native American. And I will say, for people of color, for black folks, Mexican folks, uh, Native American folks, in this case specifically, When you say that you are one of them and you're not, it is a colossal insult because you didn't deal with the tail with the freaking trail of tears historically, slavery historically. It's a slap in the face to all to to literally the kids that we're going to talk about here in a second being detained at the Mexican border. You know, it's a slap in the face to pretend to sort of uh, co-opt the struggles of groups of people. So I understand that it is in, uh, aggr- more aggravating, perhaps, to those groups of people to claim that you're Native American when you're freaking not, when your family was never part of a Native American tribe or anything like that. Now, of course, this is not the most pressing issue facing the country. No. But again, in the way that we consume news, it is TMZ on steroids and TMZ with life and death ramifications, but it's still TMZ. But I think it goes to what you were saying earlier, like, we need a king of comedy on stage with trump right because he's gonna Bullworth. he's gonna hit her with the the charlemagne the god shit exactly and he's gonna hit her with just i mean nonsense and it's then she, gonna she's gonna nonsense. come back with policy but is policy gonna like keep people in their seats there's and, a reason why the valedictorian doesn't usually coincide with like most popular right you know like the person who is the most intelligent who in a perfect world would be most popular is oftentimes a little too smart 
for people to really want to hang out with them. But now, I'm not saying that, that I actually dated the valedictorian when I was in high school and I was almost dead last in my class, uh, Joyanna. She was absolutely wonderful. But, you know, when it comes to, like, sound bites, when it comes to playing in the modern world, political gamemanship in the modern world, man, the dumber the better. Yeah, can we, just have, can we just have, like... Have her have an earpiece with Chris Rock sort of Seriously. Off. Just like they do on all those dumb reality shows on MTV where they make people... Or just like they do on Impractical Jokers, yes. which I actually know all those guys. And they're absolutely... Sal is one of the sweetest men I've ever met. Joe, the same way. All those dudes are yeah, great. Yeah, have those guys Have off those the- guys. Literally have <laughs> Sal Valcano in the ear of Elizabeth Warren just being like, oh, I got a great line right. for you to come back with on Lick this. Lick your finger and put it in Trump's ear. Boom. Boom. Dude, boom. President. Boom. Honestly, impractical jokers, please get in the ear of president, Democratic presidential candidates, feed them jokes and just wild things to do. That's a great idea. Um, all right. So that was the big news, which is so freaking because she's also talking about, you know, healthcare. She's talking about education. She's talking about infrastructure. She's talking about things that really freaking matter in this country. Criminal justice reform. She's talking about things that really matter. And that dumb statement from Charlemagne the God is what took over the news narrative for her. And that is why, again, she's still around nine percentage points uh, in the polls and has sort of been stagnant for a little while. But again... As we learned from Rick Santorum in 2012, yes. Iowa caucuses and primaries matter, and she is hitting the ground, uh, and that's what matters. Those people vote. It's not the people who are making fun of her on Twitter right now. It's those people she's interacting with in places like Iowa and places like California, which is now much more significant in the in the Democratic primary because they've actually moved their primary up to Super Tuesday. So California actually matters in the Democratic primaries for the first time, really, in a long, long time. Is Santorum's name still mean a frothy mixture of uh, bodily fluids when you're having sex? I think it's 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 a mix of blood and semen. I think I think that's isn't that that what Dan Savage? Is that I mean, in my opinion, yeah, yeah, yeah. always, yeah. Whatever Dan Savage wants to coin, whatever Dan Savage wants Santorum to mean, I will agree with. Good, yeah, whatever he wants. Anyway, just lastly. Um, A real serious story here. The Department of Homeland Security's Office of Inspector General found an El Paso Border Patrol Processing Center way overcrowded. And this is true. Detainees in this country, folks, this isn't Guantanamo Bay. Detainees were wearing soiled clothing for days or weeks and standing on toilets to make room and gain breathing space. This is disgusting. So the facility is supposed to hold 125 detainees. Currently, it is holding 750 to 900. This is according to the report. Border Patrol agents told us some of the detainees had been held in standing room only conditions for days or weeks because some detainees were standing on toilets again to breathe. Hygiene was one of uh, was among one of the top concerns cited by the report, in addition to the lack of open space that resulted in detainees wearing soiled clothes. Also, the watchdog group noted that further limited available space was the need to, quote, separate detainees with infectious diseases such as chickenpox, scabies, and influenza from each other 
and from the general population. So this is absolutely horrible. Uh, this is according to Representative Benny Thompson, chairman of the Committee on Homeland Security. The photos in this report make it clear that DHS has completely and utterly failed at handling the humanitarian crisis at the border. He goes on to say the findings serve as further evidence that the Trump administration is not just neglecting to address the crisis, they are in fact exasperating it. The report says the OIG staff were, quote, concerned that overcrowding and prolonged detention represent an immediate risk to the health and safety, not just of the detainees, but also of the DHS agents and officers. People are recommending the acting secretary of Homeland Security take immediate steps to alleviate overcrowding at this point that has not happened whatsoever. So this is happening in America in real time. People being detained, undocumented folks coming over the border, seeking asylum, many of them, because they were going to be killed in perhaps Nicaragua or wherever they're coming from. The gang violence is absolutely insane. I can't even imagine the cruel conditions that they are fleeing in order to come to this country that is treating them in a way, treating them worse than we treat pedophiles, treating them worse than we treat our worst criminals, um, simply because uh, they want a little bit of the American dream. And again, we need immigrants in this country. My father is one of them. So just imagine if my father never came here, and then you wouldn't have... Ben Kissel. Isn't, wouldn't that be devastating well, for people? Yeah, wouldn't that be sad? If I didn't have <laughs> Ben Kissel, I wouldn't have learned that the best way to eat chips is to mix them yes. with peanut M&Ms. Yep. And Snickers. And Snickers. I, I did that last night in my hotel room. I got uh, sea salt chips. Chips. And I got peanut M&Ms. And then I chilled my Snickers bar, chopped it up a little bit, put it all together, shook it all up like I was in prison, and it was my birthday. And I ate it. And I loved every second of it. How far away are you from uh, just buying a bullet blender and just throwing all that stuff in there with a couple cubes of ice? I mean, where's the bullet blender? A mile away? Wherever the next CVS is, I'll buy one. Okay. I have I have a bullet, actually. Um, so, folks, just we got to keep an eye on that. We have to keep holding this administration's feet to the fire because what's happening right now with the, uh, with the immigration process is is totally un-American, completely disgusting. And something that it would be nice if, you know, maybe media would focus on just a little bit more as opposed to what Nancy and Donald said on Twitter to each other. I heard they're, I heard they're dating. I heard they're dating too. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. We absolutely love you. Thank you all for coming out to the shows in Vancouver and in Seattle and in Portland. I'm excited to see you all here. So thank you all so much for listening. And uh, yeah, I guess that's about it. Hail yourselves, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? 
In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.